Copper Shores Community Health Foundation is proud to introduce you to Do Good Volunteer of the Month, Rob Rowe. Rob is a jack of all trades with a giving heart. He does countless things for others and asks nothing in return. If you need help with the project, he's there. He is definitely one of the most giving people around, and our community wouldn't be the same without him. If you know an incredible volunteer like Rob, go to coppershores.org slash do good and nominate them to be recognized as the next Do Good in the Copper Country Volunteer of the Month. Once again, good Sunday morning and welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Copper Shores Community Health Foundation. Learn more about them at coppershores.org. We've talked on this program a few times over the last year and a half or so about one of the biggest problems we're facing in the Copper Country, and that is a lack of good and affordable child care. It's affecting not only families who want to have their kids taken care of, but it's affecting our business community here in the Copper Country and a whole lot of other things. It's a domino effect that's really hurting us right now. And uh, so I welcome back in now uh, from the Copper Country Great Start Collaborative. Um, I have uh, Iola Brubaker here, and I have Abby Carlson here, who is what they call the Start Small Coach. What is the what is a Start Small Coach? So my job primarily is going to be working with individuals who are interested in starting up their own in-home child care. And I will help them walk through the process from beginning to end to get their license and get up and running. Why do we need this, Iola? I know you've got some statistics. We've talked about them before, but let's kind of run through that again, because I was surprised at, at how dramatic a problem this is. Yeah, so in the in Houghton County, because it's a smart Start Small is a Houghton County project, but Houghton County alone needs approximately 700 more childcare slots to serve the parents that are currently working. This isn't counting the parents that want to work and haven't been able to find care. This is the ones currently in the workforce, 700. Just, just the ones that are current. Where are these kids now? Um, well, parents are being creative. Uh, so some parents will work split shifts where one works in the morning and one works in the evenings. Uh, other t parents are working underemployed. Um, I have, I'm trying to remember what the statistic is, but a lot of our families are working very part-time, even though they want full-time hours. And that is some of it. Some of them are doing um, create what I call creative care. Grandma has them Thursdays, Aunt Sue has them Fridays, and everywhere in between the other days of the week. Um, but the goal of Start Small is to address that issue by supporting people some, maybe some of those stay-at-home parents, with starting their own small business to bring an income into their home and provide care for children that meets quality, sustainability, and profitability. Yeah, because we've got people who can't go out to work because they have to stay home with their kids. They might as well stay home with their kids and someone else's kids. Yeah, and that's the idea of the in-home business. Um, you know, it's a way for stay-at-home parents to really make a difference in the community and provide income for their house. What are you hearing from businesses in the area? Manufacturers, restaurants, uh, uh, people like that who are desperate to find help these days. Is Are they citing lack of childcare as being part of this? It is. A recent survey by the UP Early Childhood Task Force, I looked at just Houghton County responses, but uh, employers are reporting they've had 72% Bruce, uh, problems with absenteeism because of lack of childcare. 
They have 25% of the employers are reporting employees have quit because there is no child care. Almost 18% have reported they have lost a potential candidate because the candidate couldn't find child care. Um, only 20% of employers said they haven't had any issues with child care. And my guess is either they're not listening to their employees <laughs> or they don't have very many employees. Yeah, because I can't imagine the employees at those 20% are somehow magically gifted with wonderful child care everywhere. Although I suppose maybe there are some employees who deal with uh, older uh, employees or much younger employees, in which case they may not be in the child-rearing years. Yeah, they might not be in the child-rearing years years or it's a male dominated field because we know that why men stay home with kids and we appreciate that they do this largely women tend to leave the workforce when they have young families are there employers who are looking at in-house solutions to this i have heard some rumors um but i am not i don't have any facts or anything to share at this time but that is one option if a larger employer wants to start an in-home uh, an in on-site center Start small will help support them as well. It will be look different. It'd be more like pointing them in the directions of people that are qualified to really walk them through that. But if if an employer is interested in that, they should reach out to us and uh, we'll get them connected. I would imagine there's a different liability level with a large employer as opposed to somebody who's doing this at home. If something unforeseen, an unfortunate happens, the large employer is viewed as a deep pockets lawsuit candidate. Possibly. I, I, I can't really speak to that. I do know there's different regulations and different rules. Uh, licensing and um, the state has these rules in place to ensure that the kids are safe. Yeah, and I know that there are different, different requirements for in home uh, child care providers and uh, independent site mm -hmm. child care providers. Yep, and Abby as the coach would help the people navigate that and learn about those different rules and things. Um, Abby successfully ran her own in-home chi child care center for a number of years. That's part of the reason why we selected for her for the coach. But she quit to take this job, so... <laughs> now you want to tell them a little about the history? Now we have less child care because of you, and thank you so much. <laughs> well, I wasn't uh, serving Houghton County. I moved to the area from Marquette. Okay. Um, so I, um, I was pregnant when COVID hit, and at that time, um, we decided to close our child care, um, and we took a couple of years to spend time as a family. Um, and then we moved up here, and, and I took this job with the Great Start Collaborative, and, and I'm happy to be working in the child care world again. How did COVID affect this situation? I'm sure that there were other in-home uh, child care providers who also at that point said, you know, I can't risk bringing this into my house and maybe to my kids. I'm going to shut things down. COVID changed a lot of things. Um, we had a child care shortage before COVID. COVID highlighted the issue and made, uh, brought it to the top. And actually, you know, the problem became worse uh, because now is not just it was very hard during COVID for child care centers to stay open. A lot of them did very worked hard and did that. Um, but also those that were ready for retirement retired. Uh, some of the other ones shifted gears. Uh, some of you may have heard the term. I can't remember what the term it is, but they estimated about 30% of people shifted careers or jobs during the last three years. And so that affected child care as well because it's, it's, it's work. 
Yeah. Um, it's very rewarding work, but there is a lot of opportunity for other careers at this moment if you can find a place for your own children to go. Yeah, or if you don't have your children anymore, if your children have aged out and they're you know, middle school, high school age, and they can come home after school, take care of themselves, all of a sudden you don't have that need to take care of them, so you then don't have the obligation to take care of someone else's kids. Yeah, lots of things add into this, and we're not trying to go back and figure out what happened. We're trying to figure out how to move forward. Um, and we've seen a number of child cares open in the last 24 months that within 12 months of operation have then closed. And so that's the idea of bringing this coach in, is to answer questions, help people prepare to go through the process. Um, also, there's going to be some curriculum, some, some um, I don't really like to use the word curriculum, but some classes that they can do to help them be ready, better prepared and have a more successful business. Because Abby Carlson, I would think that on the surface, this looks like a fairly simple task. Okay, I've got my three-year-old and my five-year-old. I'm going to add in another half a dozen, and they're basically going to be doing the same things all day. We're going to have one happy little organization here, and that's all there is to it. And I suspect that it's deeper than that. It is. Um, licensing requires you to meet certain standards, um, and it's not difficult to achieve that, but you do need to be familiar with those rules. Well, not only the rules, but you multiply that many kids, and you have behavioral issues that pop up, and I suppose behavioral issues that can even negatively or maybe positively affect your own kids who are part of the mix. It could be, um, and that's why one of the things that I can do is help connect some of the resources in the community to work through some of those concerns that you might have with those children. Because I'm struck with the number of people who have started and then stopped. Yeah. And I have a feeling that they started and about halfway through the first year said, oh my gosh, this is a heck of a lot more work, a heck of a lot more responsibility, a heck of a lot more worry than I expected it would be. It's time for me to back back out. It could be. And and so the goal is to make sure that as they're going through this process that they're feeling confident about what they're doing. And so that's my goal is to help them walk well, through that. Well, three people going in with their eyes wide open is better than six people going in who are going to be stunned by what happens and then turn around. Yeah. And the other thing is we talk about that child care can be really hard, but it also can be one of the most rewarding um, opportunities. I was talking with a provider just the other day and how the children have become part of their family and that they are sad when the children finally head off to elementary school because they miss them. And, and so it's a very rewarding experience, even though sometimes it has its challenges. When my son was young, we used a family nearby who watched him during the day and they became close friends of ours. And their kids who were older became friends of ours. It was a great relationship that we had. They weren't just our hired help, they were our friends. And I suspect that happens a lot too. Did that happen to you when you had yours? Absolutely. I still keep in touch with many of the families that came to my childcare. I, I love watching them grow up and, and be a part of their life. Is there a way that you can kind of assess yourself if you're thinking about doing this? What kind of attributes do you need to have, particularly emotionally, to get into this and be successful? And I think that's part of the idea behind Start Small and having a Start Small coach is that 
Abby will work alongside of them as they go through the different coursework. They'll be talking about this and discussing some of these things because not every personality should be an in-home child care provider. I would be a, lo- a lousy in-home child care provider. And it's not that I hate children or anything like that. I, I love kids. I'm just not that kind of person who you would want to put in charge of them. I, I, I don't have that mentality that would work. And I envy people who do have that mentality because it's special. Yeah, and but it's not about a specific personality because if you talk to in-home providers, they're all very different. It's about finding out where their passion is and helping them put the pro- the, th- the things in place that helps them be a successful business. Uh, you know, there's things, um, sometimes people are like, well, the parents don't pick the kids up on time. There's coaching Abby can do to help make sure the parents pick up the kids on time. <laughs> Um, there is things you can do. Well, I don't make enough money. You set your own rates. So let's figure out what the market rates need to be for this, where it's affordable for the families, but you're still making enough. Um, what are some of the other things that I hear about in-home childcare? Oh, my house won't pass inspection. Well, what Abby is not licensing, she can help you walk through the licensing book and see where the issues are. The other thing about this is we're partnering with Keweenaw Economic Development Association and the Keweenaw Community Foundation and Great Start to Quality. And partnering with them is giving us access to some potential grant and loan funding for anyone looking to start a new in-home business. So if you don't think your house can pass inspection, perhaps there are ways that that can be taken care of and at least you don't have to front the money yourself. Potentially. Yeah, we're the, that's still being, some of those details are still working out, but we're very hopeful that there's going to be grant funding for new startup and home child care. Abby, what are some of the things that you do have to look for in your home that might cause you to have potential issues that you'd have to address? Um, you do have to pass, um, if you have a well in your home, you do have to pass a water inspection. Yeah, um, but you should have to pass that anyway. You don't want to be drinking contaminated water yourself. Well, you'd be surprised. Some people don't ever test their water. <laughs> I would not be the least bit surprised about that. Um, and they do have to have a radon test. Um, so there, there Which, are again, everybody should have because radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States, and you should have a radon test. Sure. So, um, so by following through with those things, um, hopefully you're not presented with any surprises, but they're really simple tests to, to perform. Are there physical things, egress, ingress issues? So there could be. Like if you if you wanted to have your childcare in your basement, you do have to have an egress window, um, but you don't necessarily have to have your basement license for care. No, if you're not going to put the kids down there, we don't have to worry about it. You just tell them that there's a monster that lives down there, and they'll never go. Might not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Telling kids that see, there's monsters in I, the basement. This mm. is why I would be lousy at it. See, the first thing I'd be telling them is, don't, don't you dare open that door, you will die. <laughs> yeah, when it comes down to it, start small, uh, the project and the coach. Uh, first of all, I should say thank you to Houghton County Commissioners for funding this. Um, so that's a big deal. Like that's where a lot of this got started, and it was something that really surprised uh-huh. me. But they used some of the uh, federal money that came in for uh, COVID, the ARPA funds. Yeah, the so-called. American Rescue Plan Act funds. They they set aside a small amount to address the child care shortage because they recognize this is impacting the community. It's, well, and it's directly impacting them because it's costing them employees at Canal View. Canal View and other places. Um, but this project is going to be looking to recruit and 
recruit and equip people to start their in-home businesses. It's going to be an ongoing mentorship, a relationship with Abby as the coach, but also connect them to each other so they can form their own network of support. Um, I've seen childcare providers pitch in like when someone's sick or someone, you know, or they like maybe they can share shopping trips or there's ways to share some of the responsibility. Um, it's going to provide, hopefully provide some funding for navigating the licensing and the startup costs that are re related to starting your own in-home business and facilitate networking opportunities for us to continue to grow this. Because it strikes me, again, if I'm going to have kids in my home and I get sick someday, I really don't want to have the kids there. It's not healthy for them to come to my house if I have COVID. Do I have to call all those parents and say, sorry, you're on your own today? You may have to. And that's something that you would establish written out in your, your handbook and with your contract. My handbook? I'm going to have a handbook? And I will help you create it. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be in the handbook? So your handbook is going to outline um, the, the policies that you want to have in place. So, you know, you're out your business hours, the maybe the potential holidays that you're closed. And then, of course, you know, whatever um, your discipline plan is, how you're going to establish um, your care throughout the day. So what your routine might look like, uh, the the plan for feeding the children, whether that's the parents bringing the food that you're providing or you're providing the food, all of those things should be written out so there aren't surprises for parents. So everybody knows where they stand. Absolutely. So let's say I'm going to start a, a child care in my home. How many kids do I have to bring in to make this financially effective for me? Well, that would depend on the rates that you set. Um, so if I charge $1,000 a day, I basically only need one. Potentially. I would wish <laughs> you luck, luck finding somebody who could afford that. <laughs> right. And again, like I said, we can help them look at what other providers in the area are charging. We can help them set a budget of what, what it would cost to run it, the program. You know, do that break-even analysis and then start, like, once you figure out what it takes you to break even, then you can figure out what you need to make a profit. And I suppose, at least for some of the people that we talked about who maybe are out of the job market now because they have their own kids, you don't necessarily have to make a full-time living wage off this because if you did go out and get a job, you're going to have to fork out a whole bunch of money for child care. So there's a balance there. If Definitely. I make 75% of what I would make in a regular job doing childcare, I might only make two-thirds of that if I go to the regular job and have to pay for childcare. And the, the, yeah, so there's that, and there's, there's some people here where they've done childcare for 30 years, their kids are long gone, and they have made this their full-time career, and they've made it profitable. Um, we have a couple of providers here that are looking at retirement because they've been doing this for 30 years. Their kids have long since, yeah. they're now having uh, grandkids of people they used to serve years ago. Well, and that goes back to those relationships that we talked about. Uh, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who hear horror stories about child care and kids that don't behave and parents that are, are bad, but uh, I suspect that really the predominance is the other direction, that parents are wonderful. People who do child care, you don't get into that if you're a nasty, ornery, terrible person, I suspect, and you build these relationships and they're positive. Yes, most of the time they are. So what kind of training do I need to get if I'm going to open up a, a, a child care facility? Does it make a difference 
as opposed to what ages I'm going to accept. If I'm going to accept infants or if I'm just going to take in uh, late elementary school kids after school. So in order to start um, in-home child care, you don't have to have any schooling beyond high school or GED. You don't Um, have to, but what should you? (laughs) So Because, because, you know, again, I'll bring it to myself. I haven't had my hands on a child since uh, my son was in school many years ago. I would not feel comfortable hanging up a shingle and saying, bring me your kids. (laughs) Well, that's where the training comes in. Yep, definitely. So, um, so you could absolutely have a degree in early childhood or child development, um, but you don't necessarily need that. And that's where access to some of this professional development will give you the tools that you need. I would assume that some structure is needed in a day at a child care just to keep the kids in a, a regular basis and keep them behaved. Um. Yes, so establishing a routine would be definitely beneficial to surviving a, a day with with children, um, and and what that looks like will will really vary depending on your needs and and what your group will look like. Yeah, I mean, if I have little ones, we're going to do something in the morning. We're going to have lunch, maybe nap time after that, and uh, then get up and wait for mom and dad to come by yeah. and hope that they get there on time. And there's a lot of support to get the training of what a routine looks for kids because our goal is not just to have places that are licensed for kids to go, but understanding that the development that happens in this early childhood stage, that we need quality places for children to go so that their brains are developing and the kids are going to be ready for school. And that's part of being a licensed in-home center and the opportunities you get. And there's lots of ways you can improve your skills. Um, and we can, and if someone's interested, Abby can talk about the different options, but to get started, have a high school degree and GED and a place you can open a child care center. Yeah, and that was going to be one of my next points is obviously if I were going to open up uh, a child care, I would want my kids to benefit from coming to see me. I would want them to leave each day uh, maybe having learned a little something, maybe being a little better. I don't want to be providing just a warehouse for them, do I? Correct. So... I'm going to have to invest in some books. I'm going to have to invest in some appropriate toys. You will have to have um, some supplies for the children. Obviously, they need things to do while they're there. But um, Great Start to Quality has a lending library that's available, so you can rotate materials out by by accessing that lending library. Okay. And if I – well, let's talk about the business side of this because if you're setting up your home care – for the, for the kids, you're setting up a business, and there are there's paperwork that comes with that. There are tax obligations that come with that. If you're going to bring somebody in to help you, you have to pay them, and there are obligations that come along with that. How oppressive was that for you when you were running your business? Um, I'd never been a business owner before. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was able to access what I needed um, by using other providers and um, Great Start to Quality helped me walk through a lot of those processes. Um, so I I got an accountant and I used some tools that I was set up with and I didn't have any issues. And she ended up, as her program grew, she ended up going from a six-child cent- six center to a 12-child center, which required her to hire employees and manage all of that. So she has experience in both the small one-person operation and the larger two-person operation with 12 to 14 kids. So 
hiring employees then becomes a challenge because, as we have heard, uh, a lot of people can't work because of childcare. Do you bring them in and say, hey, we'll care for your kids while you're here and you come in and help? Well, you could do that. Um, it would just depend on what your what openings you had within your childcare. So um, you, if you hire on an employee with children, you know, yeah, you can definitely, it's, it's your business. You can negotiate that however you like. Is this something that you can successfully do as a sole proprietor or do you need to set up a, a small corporation or something like that? You can do it as a sole proprietor. Okay, so that uh, limits the paperwork. Uh, to some extent, uh, I assume you kept funds separate. You didn't commingle everything in your checking account. Uh, Correct. I had my own business account. And you got to file those wonderful quarterly tax payments and oh yeah, <laughs> things yeah. of that nature. And but again, there's help for that. Mm -hmm. Don't be don't be deterred by it. Lots of people do it. You hear horror stories, but a lot of people do it, and it's uh, it's something you can work with. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's one of the benefits that of opening an in-home child care center is part of your house becomes tax deductible. There's certain things of space that you use, and there's, of course, I'm not an accountant. There's tax laws around this, but it's not just about the income, but now you can count your primary residence partially tax deductible. But you lose that part on your homestead property tax exemption. <laughs> Possibly. I'm not an accountant, but that's one of the advantages of an in-home childcare. We do have to wrap this up, but if people are interested in starting a childcare, knowing now that help is available to get them going and keep them going and do it successfully, how do they get in touch with you folks to find out more about it? Uh, they should call the Kimena Family Resource Center at 906-482-9363 or email startsmall at kfrckids.org. If you are the least bit interested, explore it. You may find out that it doesn't work for you, but you might find out that it really would work for you, and it could be a great option for your life. Abby Carlson and Iola Brubaker, thank you for coming in. Good luck with this program.